Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN Sunday for Sunday, October 15th, 2023. We've got another great show for you this week. We've got the Legal Eagles, David Levine, Kevin Walsh, both standing by to help break down all the latest news and especially taking a look at some of the tumult going in Washington, D.C. and how it relates to retirement. So sit back, relax, enjoy this episode of BRN Sunday. Well, we're going to kick off the week, as we always do, with a look at what is happening on Capitol Hill. A lot going on these days. Joining us on the line, they are the Legal Eagles, David Levine, Kevin Walsh. Both are principals with Groom Law Group, an employee benefits law firm based in Washington, D.C. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Jeff, it's always great to be here. We hope everybody's having a great weekend. I am an eagle on flight this morning, so I may just say hello. But I'm going to hand it back to you and my friend, Mr. Walsh. Yeah, well, thank you, David. And we always appreciate you stopping by. Kevin, I want to pitch it to you because there is a lot going on, obviously, with the Congress. I want to ask about um, the retirement plan agenda, what that may look like. But I know you wanted to talk perhaps fiduciary. Yeah, so, Jeff, I I appreciate your question. I I feel like we usually start the program saying there's a lot going on in Capitol Hill. You know, I think this week there's probably less going on in Capitol Hill than most weeks because, as as listeners know, a week ago, Republicans voted or Congress voted to oust uh, Speaker McCarthy, and it has left the Republicans in a position where um, they need to nominate a new speaker. They need to identify a new speaker. And, you know, during the past week, it, there were rumors that both uh, Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan had sufficient votes that they could potentially become a speaker. Uh, at the end of the week now, <clears throat> it's looking less and less likely that the speakership will be resolved, you know, in the next few days. Uh, And it's looking increasingly possible that there could be some sort of a a bipartisan vote on identifying um, a bit of a lame duck speaker (laughs) in terms of it really chokes you up, Kevin. Yeah. In terms of the retirement agenda, um, you know, we've worked with clients who've had interest in talking to members of Congress and to talk with committee staff about different pieces of legislation. It puts a bit of sand in the gears Uh, without, you know, a speaker in the house. Uh, really, the, the the ability of the House to act is very limited. Uh, in theory, they're supposed to be just voting on who the next speaker is instead of voting on legislation. Now, there's talk they're going to change the rules there. Um, but, you know, at bottom, we're at a period of a, a bit of paralysis in terms of the retirement legislative landscape until they identify a new speaker. Now, this isn't going to take forever. I'd be shocked if there's no speaker in the next two weeks, um, particularly because there's a number of important issues out there that need funding. Uh, that being said, it, it it does put some stain in the gears of committee operation, oversight, and other areas where we would expect Congress to be actively involved in, um, you know, shaping the Washington's agenda. Yeah, and, and, and Kevin, one one area that I wanted to ask you about is the is fiduciary. Um, I think we had a conversation with both you and David about perhaps some new fiduciary rules coming down the pike or some changes. I think there's been some pushback from the industry, but with Congress in disarray, I'm going to call it disarray. I think it's in disarray. They're not focusing on an agenda. That's my words, not yours. Uh, What does that mean to items like the fiduciary rule or some of the other things that are going on? 
Well, it, it makes it less likely that Congress will have, you know, coordinated efforts to uh, deter agencies from taking action they would otherwise take. Um, and, you know, I think fiduciary is a great example of that. Uh, if we look at the, the landscape for um, fiduciary rules, you know, Congress enacted one set of rules for broker dealers, another set of rules for registered investment advisors. Uh, they left insurance distribution to the states. Uh, in 2016, the Department of Labor issued rules that attempted to put in place almost a uniform distribution standard for those types of products with services. Court struck that down. Uh, in 2020, DOL tried to do that again. Uh, in 2023, courts again struck that down. Um, and, you know, we're hearing rumors now or, and seeing steps being taken uh, that suggest that, you know, by the end of this month or possibly by the middle of next month, Congress may once again try to, you know, or not Congress may, but the Department of Labor may once again, you know, try to do what what courts have told them twice not to. Um, and and with Congress out of session or, or with Congress essentially, you know, unable to act, um, it looks like the agency is going to go through rulemaking and, and this whole thing could end up in courts again. But I think the key takeaway is that, you know, we expect to see a whole new package redefining investment advice. Uh, making changes to the exemptions, uh, and we expect to see that package probably in the next three weeks. Uh, I don't know if David's still there. I think he was heading through security. David, are you still there? I don't think he is, Jeff. Okay. Okay. Well, we're gonna, gentlemen, we're gonna leave it there. Really appreciate you stopping by. I guess, I guess we're, we're. I would say we're not paralyzed because of what's going on in Congress, but we're waiting with bated breath on some of these important issues that retirement plan administrators, sponsors, and even participants are thinking about. Kevin Walsh, David Levine, always great to talk to you. Thanks so much for stopping by. Be safe, and we'll talk to you again next week, gentlemen. Thanks for having us on, Jeff, and thank you, listeners. Have a great Bye. weekend, everybody. Bye-bye. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Welcome back. And recently I sat down with Shara Katsos of the National Homeless Center to discuss how to engage 
with homeless veterans is a big problem in our, in our society. Let's give it a listen. Joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Shara Katsos is the National Education Coordinator for the National Center on Homelessness at the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Shara, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, and we're going to talk about um, homelessness among our veterans. And this is, unfortunately, I, I, and I want to start off by asking you, how, how pervasive is, is this among our veteran community? These people served, maybe they served across the, abroad in support of the United States. Maybe they come back here. Maybe things haven't necessarily worked out for them. How, how big of an issue is this? Yeah, I appreciate the question. Um, you know, homelessness, we have seen a, a great decrease, a decline um, since 2010 at about 55% of a decline in homeless veteran population. We do something called a point in time count once a year where we have VHA staff along with community providers go out um, late at night. So between midnight and 5 a.m. And we go and we search for veterans, for homeless folks that we may not have been familiar with. And we do what we call a count. And our last count was in 2022. And the total was 33,129 homeless veterans. So of course we wanna work on that and we wanna end um, veteran homelessness that we are dedicated as a VA um, to the mission of ending veteran homelessness. But as of right now, the last count was 33,129 homeless veterans. Yeah, and obviously 33,129 too many. Is there a particular, yeah, in terms of the, origin of this? And I guess it, there could be a, a, a plethora of reasons why a veteran may become homeless, but do you have any sense for why these individuals may have chosen to, or maybe not chosen uh, to be homeless? Yeah, there was a study by the National Center on Homelessness among veterans, and they looked at that exact question to try to identify what are the factors, what are the risk factors for folks becoming homeless. And what was found is in individuals' um, situations, it is substance abuse, lack of income, lack of employment, lack of affordable housing is a big issue, lack of supports, family support and otherwise, and also childhood adverse events that may have occurred for that particular person. And then, you know, on a systematic level, particularly right now, affordable housing is very challenging for folks to find. And employment is absolutely a factor, lack of employment and other economic um, financial situations. Yeah, I mean, this is this is really a tough time, I think, for the general citizenry of the United States. Uh, I can only imagine what it's like for those that have served or or currently serving. Let's kind of get into some tips. Um, I know you have a, not you, but the Veterans Administration has a national call center. You want to talk a little bit about that? Because people... Maybe they, they pass a veteran, they identify somebody who looks to be a veteran. How can we as citizens on the street help some of these folks? So I appreciate um, the support that you're offering. And we do have what we call a national call center for homeless veterans. And that number is 877-424-3838. And I ask people, family, friends, librarians, veterinarians, to just enter that number into their cell phone in case you ever need it. So if you ever see someone who's homeless 
if you don't feel comfortable encountering that veteran, you can call that number, let them know where that particular person is. So if you can provide some detailed whereabouts, they will contact the local VA medical center near that particular address and ask for our our homeless outreach staff to go out and visit that person. We may already know that person, we may already be building trust, but if not, they will start to engage. And I, I just wanna add that um, something that's unique to the VA is that over the last few years, we've added what we call peer support specialists. So along with our clinical social workers that are trained to support veterans out in the community, oftentimes they have a peer support specialist along with them as part of their team. And that peer support specialist is typically a veteran themselves who may have had an experience of homelessness in their own past. So that helps us to truly engage. So just to go back to your question, really calling that national center number identifying where that person is located so that we can get our team out there to support that particular person. Yeah, and just a last question before we go to a commercial break, because I want to get on some of the other ways people can help. But this is not adversarial. This is not, you're not ratting on someone. This isn't like dialing the crime number, right, that a lot of local police have. I mean, this is really meant to uh, make the VA aware, dispatch the right people and see if this person needs help and, and, and approach them in a very calm and, and um, humble way. Absolutely. So you're helping us to identify someone that we may not know is out there. Uh, most of the time our outreach staff, they visit all types of communities and locations, but you're actually helping us to engage that person in no way will they be in trouble. Um, what we'll do is we'll go out there and try to build a trusting relationship. There's no judgment here. We know everyone has a story. Nobody chooses to be homeless and we want to support them to get them out of that difficult situation. Well, certainly an important topic. I want to thank Shara and uh, the Department of Veterans Affairs for stopping by the program. We're going to keep a close eye on this one. And that wraps up this episode of BRN Sunday. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to? Drop us a line and don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more and all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives? Check out our latest content? Well, visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another great special guest on a great topic. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes.